Welcome to Impact, where we focus on helping you grow a business that amplifies your unique genius, multiplies your income, and transforms lives. Each episode, you'll discover an actionable framework based on what's working right now for top brands and thought leaders. In this episode, you'll learn how to identify exactly what online course to launch, as well as four key things you must identify in order to ensure your online course will be successful. Hello, and thank you for listening to Impact. I'm your host, Jason Van Orden. And today, we're going to be talking about how to design an online course. You know, if you're a coach or a consultant or anyone who makes money by trading your time and knowledge for income, then I'm sure the idea of building and launching an online course has occurred to you before. You know, thought leadership is a powerful way to build a business and comes with all those benefits of big opportunities and leaving a legacy, making an impact and so forth, sharing your ideas with the world. But of course, there are inherent limits that come along with basing your business on yourself, on your ideas. You know, if there's only so much of you to go around, well, what can you do so that your business can go past that ceiling of when that ceiling is created when you personally max out? And any discussion about this is going to include digital courses, online courses as a way to package up your knowledge and help more people deliver that knowledge and expertise and those ideas, your story, your message to more people and create revenue streams that don't require so much input from you, which then allows you to exponentially grow your income. So if you've ever wondered how to launch an online course, how to know which course even to launch to begin with. If you've ever been worried about putting a course out there and just having nobody respond to it, and so maybe that's kept you from putting a course out there, or maybe you have put one out there and it fell flat and now you've been nervous to invest any time in it again. Well, today's episode is going to help you get clarity about how to design a course that will make money and that will be impactful for those people that you want to serve most. So as usual, we've got a framework for this episode. This one I call the online course design canvas, and it's made up of four pieces. These are the four vital pieces that you need to identify in order to know that you have a course that will get results and also generate income, one that people will enjoy buying and going through and be really happy that they invested time, money, and energy into. So you can go and download this framework if you want to follow along as, as you're listening. Go to impactdownloads.com forward slash online course. You can enter your email there and that will get you all signed up on my newsletter. I'll immediately send you a PDF where you can see the diagram that goes along with this framework as along, along with the questions and things like that we're going to be talking about today. In fact, additional things that we won't be able to get to in the show uh, because you know we're limited on time here. You can also download that later if you're busy you know, in your car or whatever. Of course, wait until the time when that's safer to grab that. Again, it's impactdownloads.com forward slash online course. The four elements of the online course design canvas are the student, the promise, the process, and the experience. I'm going to go through each of these in more detail. These are also four steps because it is in that order that you want to design or identify those elements. So again, it's the student, the promise, the process, and the experience. 
As we talk about each of these elements, I'm going to use my friend Brandon, somebody who I helped design an online course, as an example. So we can refer to that to illustrate how each of these four steps or elements work. So let's start with the student. Seems like a pretty obvious place to start. Who is the specific person that you want to reach and help with your course? Every other decision about your online course is derived from identifying the ideal student. A successful online course creator relies on a thorough understanding of this ideal student. What's going on in their inner world? What is their experience right now? What's motivating their behavior? What are the needs that they have that are unfulfilled? What are their goals and aspirations that are unfulfilled? And you use this information to decide and drive every other aspect of your online course. So in a way, and actually in a very real way, empathy is your most important tool or skill when creating an online course. Now I've got five questions for you to consider here, and this is going to help you narrow down if you need to or select who that ideal student is. Of course, if you are a coach or a consultant or you have an existing business with existing customers, you might already have a good idea of who that person is that you wanna create a course for. But sometimes when I work with people, they've got a number of different possibilities because they're attracting a few different types of clients. And when it comes to creating a digital course, you wanna be very, very specific about who your ideal student is. The first question to ask yourself is, who do I enjoy working with most? Where do you derive the most energy and fulfillment? Who do you feel driven to serve most in the world? That will help you narrow it down. The second question is, what ideal student, what intended student do you have the best understanding of, or at least a strong curiosity about? This goes back to that idea that empathy is the most important skill and tool here. The better you understand that person that your course is going to serve, the easier, better chance you have of creating a successful course and the easier it's going to be to make all the critical decisions about it. So who do you already have a good understanding of or a deep curiosity to get to know that ideal student? The third question is, who do you already have access to in your sphere of influence? You know, if you have a bunch of leads for cli uh, clients to work with you coming in and not all of them are able to, you know, maybe you're maxed out on space or not all of them have the budget to work with you. And now you've, you know, you need something to sell to those people. Well, that's going to make an obvious, that should have an impact on deciding who to make a course for because you've got this ready-made source of leads coming in. Or just looking at your network, or maybe you do a lot of speaking. Who do you speak in front of? So thinking about access to that student so that you can find people to buy the course. The fourth question is, who do you create the greatest value for? Where, can, where do you do your best work? What type of person, when you work with them, you create the greatest results for them? And then the fifth question is, who do you have credibility with? The student that you choose for your course are these people that if they looked at your experience, your qualifications, who you are, uh, what, what you've done in the past and so forth, would they find you to be a credible source to guide them to whatever the goal is that your course is going to deliver? My friend Brandon is a digital photographer, so that's who he had in mind as his ideal student for his course. Now, the problem is that digital photographer is too broad. You know, it's going to be hard to really hone in on a specific thing to help them with. It's very different to help people who are just getting started with photography or who want to, you know, just people who have iPhones who want to take good photos with iPhones versus maybe hobbyists who are starting to buy some nicer gear. And now they want to be able to subsidize their hobby by making a little bit of money with their gear or people just getting started as a professional photographer. You know, how do they find 
wedding gigs to take for taking photos at? How do they get family photo gigs and things like that? Or professional established digital photographers who just want to learn how they can make more money and be more successful as digital photographers. Each one of these is a different student and you would make the course very differently depending on which one you targeted. So when he came to me and said, yeah, I want to make a course by digital photography. Do you think that'll do well? I had to say, well, I don't know because I don't know enough about who you're trying to help out here. And so in the end, we decided to focus on established professional digital photographers who are already making money at their craft because that's what he was doing. And he wanted to help people to by teaching them the tricks of the trade, so to speak, that he had learned along the way. So the biggest mistake that gets made here is just not being specific enough. So keep that in mind when you're deciding who is the ideal student. That brings us to the second element of the online course design canvas, which is the promise, the promise. So what outcome or result or transformation are you going to deliver for that ideal student? When they go through your course, how will life be different for them at the end? The whole purpose of an impactful course is to guide the student towards some future that they envision or desire for themselves. And so the promise of realizing that future, that is the reason they will invest time and money and energy in your course. This is something that can really make or break the success of your course, because if, the, if you don't hit just right, the right promise, then it doesn't matter how much amazing marketing and, and sales you have. It's just not going to be something that your target market wants. So identifying the right promise for your course is going to require, again, really getting to know who that ideal student is. And so what I told Brandon is I said, you need to go and talk to professional digital photographers in your network or find them online. You need to get inside their heads. You need to ask them about what are they struggling with? What are their big questions? What is something that they really want to accomplish right now? What frustrates them? What have they tried before to overcome that? And just get to be really familiar with the pains and needs and desires and wants and challenges and questions of that target market. So these are the kinds of questions to ask. And I told him specifically, I said, you got to go and talk to people one-on-one. I mean, maybe it's over Zoom or phone, or but in person it's even better, but you got to have conversations. This is a place that a lot of people go wrong with this. They just throw out a survey or they go do a little bit of research by looking at uh, forums and they call it good and they feel like they know what they need to know in order to design an online course that'll be successful. And the truth is, without those conversations, something important is going to get overlooked. The other common mistake here is just not going deep enough. And what I mean by that is you got to keep going through the layers of why something is important to them. Because at the core of every goal or pain or problem that they want help with is some fundamental human needs. That, that is the emotional core. And what I mean by fundamental human need is things like safety, belonging, freedom, status or significance, creativity, contribution. That's what you want to understand is what are you helping them with when it comes down to that core need that you're helping them fulfill? CB Insights did a survey of 100 failed startups to find the top reasons why they failed. And the number one reason that got cited was that there wasn't a need in the marketplace for their product and they just didn't realize it. A lot of times we fall in love with our idea. We get really excited about our solution. Uh, That's another common mistake is focusing on the topic or solution. I want a course about digital photography. 
I want to make a course about, and what we really, so here's, here's what happened with Brandon. When we started doing the conversations, you know, he started unlayering things like, well, okay, they wanted to make more money. They wanted to find more clients. They, they were struggling. In fact, it was something that came up time and time again is that they were maxed out on clients. They wanted to make more money, but they were already working ridiculous hours. They felt like they couldn't raise their prices or they're going to start pricing themselves out of their market. So what could they do? And then the light bulb went off. And Brandon realized he could teach them how to be more efficient with their photo workflows. So once, you know, everything that happens after you take all of the photos and actually even during taking all the photos, the faster you can organize those photos and find the best ones and process them and get them up online and have them looked at by the client and have them decide which ones they want and touch them up, the faster you can do all those things, that means the less time it takes per client to fulfill a gig. And so if you're charging a flat fee for your gigs, obviously, if you can be more efficient than now, each gig is worth more money per hour to you. Now, had Brandon just said, hey, I'm going to make a efficient workflow for digital photographers course, that wouldn't have gone well either. It, even though it was targeting, you know, the specific need that they want, talking about the solution often doesn't go nearly as well. What you want to target is what's the thing underneath the pain or the problem. And so in this case, it was feeling maxed out, wanting to make more money, but just not seeing any possible way to do it because they couldn't take more clients and they couldn't raise their prices. And if we go back to what I said about fundamental human needs, well, in the end, this is about freedom because freeing up time is about having that time to, to do other things in your life that you want, right? It also could help them with status and significance if they are you know, becoming better at what they do as a photographer. So that gives you a, a bit of an idea of how this part works. So have those conversations, really dig in down the layers to figure out what it is that they want most and be careful not to focus on the topic or solution, but instead focus on the outcome, the results, the fundamental human needs that your course is going to solve or fulfill for them. So we've talked about the student and the promise. And actually right there, you have everything you need to come up with a profitable idea. I mean, that's a simple formula. If you identify your ideal student and you figure out what their ideal outcome is, that thing that they want more than anything, bam, those two things, put them together and you know what your course needs to be about at that point. This is how you figure out what the next course is that, or the first course is that you need to design and bring to the marketplace. Now that brings us to the third element, which is the process. What steps does the student need to take and milestones do they need to achieve in order to reach the promise? That is the process. The process is made up of all of these checkpoints that they need to reach along the way. And then, of course, the knowledge that they need to have, the things they need to understand. You know, maybe there's some myths that need to be removed for them, the tools and the resources that they would use to reach that outcome. This, all of these things make up your process. If you're a consultant or a speaker or a coach or, you know, get paid for your expertise in some other way, then you likely already have a process. And so in the case of Brandon, he had a process because he was doing these workflow things for himself. Over the years, he had figured out what tools to use, how to be more efficient, what systems and what he could delegate. You know, so he knew all of these things. He had already had his own process for being faster 
as a digital photographer so that his time was worth more money. So all he needed to do was sit, you know, sit down and, and formalize that, organize it, write it out on a piece of paper. Here are the milestones that they need to reach and then the action steps that lead to each of those milestones. So for instance, you know, there was the, the first milestone was just understanding why workflow is so important when it comes to saving yourself time as a photographer and why that leads to you making more money in the end. And in fact, you can actually raise your rates as well because when you can deliver faster, people will pay more for that too, right? So helping the student understand those things, that would be the first milestone. And that could be module one of the course. The next milestone would be talking about, well, here are the tools that are the fastest, the best ones to use, using the right tools. That could be the second module. Maybe they have some tools that aren't as efficient and they need to understand that. So that could be milestone number two. And within that milestone, within that module, there would be specific lessons or action steps, you know, talking about the different tools. The next milestone that they would need to reach would probably be having standardized systems. You know, and, and what are what are those things? Having checklists to make them faster. You know, so that could be module number three. It's all about systems and checklists. Maybe mar module number four is then delegating aspects of the workflow and how you could do that. So as you can see, Brandon could take everything that he did as a photographer and package it up as these modules and lessons within each of those modules. And in the end, that is the process. And it's vital to know what that process is because it's organizing that process that allows you to put it into the format of a digital course and have people go through that process and still get results in the end. This is also a really important aspect when it comes to your brand as a thought leader, your personal brand in the marketplace, because if you have your own signature method that you've put together and you give it a name and you know what? Yeah, that it might be, you know, combinations of different things you've learned along the way. And you're, you know, giving people credit where you've borrowed ideas and things like that, but it's your special blend, so to speak, of how you approach things, then that is a real distinguisher for you in, in the marketplace. That is a way that you say, you know, I am the creator of this method. And that just shows the market, it shows your, your intended customers and clients that you've taken the time to think through a process and to create something that can be used over and over again to get the same results for different clients and customers, which is you know really important for gaining their trust and having them say yes to doing business with you. We'll get into that, I'm sure, in another episode, that idea of formalizing your signature method. But needless to say, the process is really important for a number of, of reasons. And uh, you know, those are those are some of them right there. Another thing I want to point out is really the process, the process is the true asset. You know, a lot of people say, an online course is an amazing asset because you make it once and then you sell it again and again and again and again, and that's intellectual property that continues to make money for you. And while that is true, you know, the course itself, that format or that recording of, you know, things are going to change over time. I need to be refreshed and, and that, that's not as strong as an asset as the process, because when you've formalized your process, well, now you have something that you can, you can divide it up and turn it into different formats. So maybe you take the first piece of that process and that can become its own little cheaper course that people buy first thing when they're you know just starting to do business with you. Or if you need a keynote speech, you take one piece of that process to make your keynote speech. Or you can take that process and write a book out of it, right? So the process is something that is independent of the format that it gets delivered in. And so by really formalizing it in that way as a signature method of your own, now you've got a really powerful asset 
that can be delivered in any number of different ways, which allows you to serve more people in more ways at, at different price points. And that allows you to maximize your ability to deliver value to your marketplace and to impact people's lives. A common mistake here is just thinking that your process, you know, as a consultant or a coach, whatever the case may be, is so nuanced that you can't turn it into a formalized process. And yeah, sure, the work that you do as a highly paid consultant or a one-on-one -on -one coach, of course, that's going to be nuanced. That's what people are paying for. They're paying the high price so that you can adapt it to their specific situation. When it comes to making a digital course, well, that's why you want to break it down and boil it down and distill it to, to be able to help you know, as many of the people within that target market as, as you possibly can. So just wanted to point that out because I know some people have some resistance here to trying to make their ideas into a process and that's only holding you back in the end. This brings us to the fourth and final element of the online course design canvas, which is the experience. And very simply, the, the experience is how you will guide them through the process. It's a sort of wrapper around the process. So for instance, you can guide somebody through your process through consulting. And that's one experience. That's one wrapper. You can, at the other end of the spectrum, create a purely digital course that people can, you know, buy while you are sleeping and on the other side of the world and go through at their own pace. And then there's everything in between, you know, group coaching experiences and so forth. So the online course design canvas separates out the process from the experience to give you the most flexibility in how you serve your clients and customers. And if you design your process in the right way, you can easily create a variety of offers. There are three questions to ask yourself when designing the experience for your online course or program. The first question is, how will the students get access to the knowledge and resources? Is there going to be some kind of online hub that they log into and there are videos there that they watch and maybe some downloadables, uh, worksheets and templates and things like that? Uh, what Are there other formats are you're going to use? Is it going to be audio files because they like to take it on the go and listen to, you know, in the car or things like that? So there's a lot of decisions that affect how they will access and receive the information and knowledge from you. The second question to ask yourself is, well, how will they have access to you, the expert, or will they at all? Or maybe will they have access to people who represent you, people who are on your team or coaches that you've trained, things like that. So now we're getting into what kind of support does your experience provide? And the answer might be, well, we don't give any kind of direct support. They can pay for consulting and coaching if that's what they want. Otherwise, it's just digital information. And again, that's fine. And then there's a lot of different options here as well. Again, you might do uh, group coaching where there are group Q&A calls. They go through the information digitally, but then uh, over a few weeks, there are some calls they get to go on and ask questions as a group. You're there for an hour. You, ask, you answer as many questions as you can, for example. Or like I said, you can train somebody on your team to maybe show up and answer questions or guide people through a process. Or I do programs that are online workshops where every call I do a little bit of training and then we're actually doing planning together and we're using, you know, we're going through strategies and frameworks that I've designed, much like what we do here on this uh, podcast. So a lot of different options here, but that's the, the second question question to ask is how will they get access to you or will they even get access to you or to those who represent you? 
And then the third question to ask is how will they have access to each other or will they get any access to each other? This is about community or another form of support. Is there some kind of online group or chat channel? You know, is there a Facebook group? Is there a Slack channel where everybody will uh, talk? Do they post any of their materials or information for feedback from other people in the course? Uh, is it a sort of mastermind where you know, everybody meets on Zoom and you know people get, go into the hot seat and they get feedback from you as well as from others? So those three questions are the primary considerations that then help you form the experience. How will they get access to the knowledge and resources? How or if they will get access to you? And how or if they will get access to each other? And then that starts building out the features of, of your offer. Now, of course, there's going to be a number of factors you want to consider here. And one of them is your own, you know, lifestyle needs. If you, if you don't want to, you know, if you're somebody who's going to be doing a lot of traveling and, you know, you're in different time zones all the time, you know, maybe doing group calls isn't the most convenient for you because you just never know where you're going to be, if you're going to have good internet or things like that, or maybe you just don't want to do that kind of thing in your business model and in the way that you deliver your online programs. And that's fine. So you're going to think about your business model. You're going to think about what your audience wants. You're going to think about what you're willing to do in terms of uh, the design of your business and your lifestyle. Uh, you'll be thinking about, you know, this affects value and price point. Of course, if they get access to you, you can charge more, but now you're also putting more of your time in. So these are all things to be thinking about as you design out that experience. In Brandon's case, he decided that he would create the course primarily as a digital library of videos for the training. And, you know, there were some downloadable uh, templates and checklists and, you know, he, his actual workflows and standard operating procedures, he would give those and they'd be able to download them and use them or adapt them as they needed. And there was huge value in that. And then he decided that he would launch this a couple times a year, uh, a couple times a year where he would do live Q&A calls. So they had to have additional access to him and he would charge more at those times when people signed up and they were, and he was going to be putting more, more time in. So those two times that he launched a year, that would be a slightly different experience that he would add in there. So again, this is going to vary for you, but the, the big mistake that people make here is, I mean, first of all, just not organizing their ideas in a way that allow to easily adapt to various types of experiences and not trying different things out, you know, just going straight to the, I just want the digital course. That's a, you know, I don't want to have to, you know, I want to be able to sell it in my sleep and I don't want to have to do anything. And you know, that's fine, but there are a lot of other options here that can actually really maximize your impact, the results that you deliver to people, as well as the money that you make. Because again, you can charge more money when people do get some sort of access to you. And there are a lot of benefits to building a community or having your clients and customers access each other. So the mistake is just not thinking carefully through all three of those facets of the experience. So there you have it, the online course design canvas. Those are the four elements, vital elements that will ensure when you go through those steps carefully and you deter in that order and you determine those things in the right way, that's when you know you have a winning course. That's when you know you have something that's going to deliver immense value and results, something the marketplace will respond to, something they'll be willing to invest their time and money and energy into, and you'll avoid that uh, dreadful idea of putting something out there and just nobody buys it. And I, I've actually been there before. I know it's no fun at all, which is one of the many reasons I designed this online course design canvas to help people avoid those kinds of problems and really hone in as quickly as possible on the right course for them to launch and put out there in the marketplace. So just to review one last time, the four elements are the student, you know, who is that ideal person that you want to help with your course, the promise, 
What is that outcome or result or transformation that they want more than anything that your course will provide them with? The process, what are the methods and the milestones and the action steps that will guide them from where they are right now to achieving that promise? And then the experience, what is the wrapper around that process? How will you deliver the information and give them the other support to get them to the promise of the course? Again, I've put together a downloadable PDF to go along with this episode. It has a diagram of the online course design canvas. It has all of those questions that I put out there for you to ask yourself, uh, along with some other notes and ideas. So if this was just felt like a lot of information, you want something to just conveniently review in order to put these things into action. That's why I create a framework, a downloadable framework with every episode. So again, you can download that by going to impactdownloads.com forward slash online course enter in your email address that signs you up for my newsletter and bam, I send you over that PDF along with other frameworks like this one to help you grow your brand and business. One more time, that's at impactdownloads.com forward slash online course. That's it for this episode of Impact. Thanks for joining me. On the next episode, we're gonna talk about how to create content that gains more attention and drives more sales. And I'm also going to give you a five-part framework for knowing exactly what message your potential customer needs to hear in order to progress towards doing business with you. This is one of the frameworks I use most in my business and with my clients. We'll talk to you again next time.